Welcome to America's Top Rebbitzins. May this class be Le'ilu Nishmat Shalom Dovber ben Rabbi Shmuel Fogelman, and also Le'ilu Nishmat Hatomim Rav Yaakov Zichron Olavracha ben Rav Achron Pinchas Shehi Zilberman. Please click on the subscribe button to subscribe to us on the America's Top Rebbitzins YouTube page, or click follow to follow us on your podcasting app so that you are the first to know when an inspiring new episode is posted. I'm excited to have on today's show, Rebbitzin Hani Fogelman. Rebbitzin Hani, along with her husband, Rabbi Mendel Fogelman, are the co-directors of the Central Mass Chabad in Worcester, Massachusetts. Thank you so much for being here. Please tell us more about yourself and what you do. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, so first of all, I'm from Fakhabad. I was born and raised there. I went to Beis Rivka. Uh, when we got married, we we came to Worcester. My husband is born here, and actually, Rabbi Fogelman is from the first shluchim of the Rebbe. And the Chabad house here is the first Chabad house that built from scratch in United States of America. Wow. So this is like a big, uh, a big, big, big part of it, and and to work here, and actually coming to Simchas Torah, the first time that the Rebbe sent shluchim for Simchas Torah to go to Ariasade to go to places, was in 1965 when Rabbi Fogelman asked the Rebbe, you know, that he felt, you know, everybody going to the Rebbe and everybody in a great Simcha and in Ariasade, you feel kind of a little bit of lonely and you need a lot of help with all the community. So the Rebbe sent uh, a few bochim here. So the first time the whole concept of uh, going on Shlichus uh, for Simchas Torah was in 1965 and the first place in Worcester. So wow, this is a practice that we're doing, you know, this talk yeah. during this time of year. Amazing. Yes. Yeah. So um, this is really a privilege. And like I say all the time to my students and to my kids, when when you have a privilege, you come with responsibility. So this is like a great responsibility and a great host to be here. So we have uh, here in Worcester and a central mass. It's not just Worcester, it's the whole area of uh, central mass. Um, so we have a shul that we have three times uh, a day, the whole year. Um, this is the only shul that operated every single day in 40 miles. Wow. Um, we have, uh, a Hebrew school and you know everything that Chabad have had classes and Hebrew school and after school program and and sitting and and the whole thing. Um, another thing that we have uh, is a kosher takeout. We are the only place that you can get a kosher food uh, ready made. Uh, again, in like an hour away, like a forty like a forty miles, uh, which really wow. does, and we do have a podcast about it also. Um, that's a big deal. That really is a big deal to have like kosher food available. It's huge. Yeah. And it's not just like the availability of the kosher food. This is another way of shlichus in today's world. Uh, you bring people through the stomach. You know? Exactly. Uh, a lot of people today are unaffiliated. I would say like most of them, majority of them are not affiliated anymore. But with good food and uh, kosher food and something sim symbol like a symbolic, people hear about it, they drive even an hour and they come and we reach out to Jews that never been in shul. Our takeout is like, is from the shul itself. So they come in and they're like, we have like a Jew says like, ah, what my father tried to do for 70 years, what my father tried to do for 70 years. 
you did it. And my husband said, like, what, what did he try <laughs> to bring it to shore? <laughs> wow, I love it. Is it, what, is it meat? What kind of food do you have? Everything. So it started like with Shabbat, um, with Shabbat meals that we had between 50 to 70 people. Then we decided to bring it to the uh, commercial kitchen. We did it once a week, just like a whole food for Shabbos. It got very quickly uh, big. Corona come, we stopped. Then people were begging. We started again every day. Uh, there was a competition for nine Jewish uh, uh, company of all the restaurants in the area. And we got first place. And that became like a very big publication about Amazing. it. Wow. Publicity. And um, now it's very, very popular. A lot of Jews come from all over and a lot, a lot of non-Jews too. We have like probably like 50% of the clientele is not even Jewish. Wow. But uh, the Jewish the Jewish people that come is it's just like fascinated to see they come that you get to talk to them they you get friendly with them and then uh, we have so many people that come now for Shabbat table they come for Rosh Hashanah they come for Pesach um, we have people doing tefillin we did many bar mitzvahs already at the takeout wow um, yeah so this is like. We do shlichas in for every age, every area, and every way you can. You know, every way you can. You really have to like be creative and reinvent yourself all the time to um, to reach out to the people. Beautiful. It's so beautiful. And you were mentioning some of the Jewish holidays, which we're actually going to be talking about today. So now at the time of this recording, it's October of 2022. And we are currently in the full swing of the Jewish holiday season. So we have already crowned Hashem, God, the king on Rosh Hashanah, and we stood before him in repentance on Yom Kippur. But the holiday season continues with Sukkot, Shemini Atzeret, and Simchat Torah. And although these holidays are not as well known as Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, they have a very, very deep spiritual significance, and they offer us an opportunity to elevate ourselves if we take advantage of this time. So let's make the most of this opportunity, and we're going to delve right into learning about these powerful holidays. So I would love to start with the holiday of Sukkot, which is really, really an interesting holiday because we move out of the secure comfort of our home. You know, all year round, we live in our home. We live, whether it's a, a house or an apartment, we live with our walls, we live with our doors, everything is secure. And we move into a hut that we construct. Most of the time it's in our backyards or in our driveways. It's, in any case, it's outside and it's very flimsy. The roof is made of it's called schach, but it's really, it's branches. It's branches uh, of, of trees and the, the walls are, are very flimsy. Oftentimes they're made of canvas and it's really an insecure structure. And we move from our secure house into this insecure sukkah into, you know, in the, in the backyard, the hut, the hut is called a sukkah. And we eat in the sukkah and many families actually sleep in the sukkah. And in addition to moving out of our house and into the sukkah, there are four items on Sukkot that we hold together and we wave around. These items are called, are called species. And more specifically, the species are the etrog. Uh, if you don't know what an etrog, look, etrog looks like, this is an etrog. It looks like a huge lemon. And then we have the lulav, the aravot, and the hadassim. They're usually bundled together like this. Hopefully you can see it. They're bundled together like that. And we shake them all around onto coat. And each of the elements has its own spiritual significance. So can you please tell us more about Sukkot, what the holiday is really all about, how it is celebrated and the deeper meaning behind the sukkah and the species. Okay. So Sukkot is a really a beautiful and a very joyful uh, uh, holiday. 
And like you mentioned, you go into the sukkah. The sukkah is something that it's not permanent. And uh, there are a few reasons. Um, number one is really the time of the harvest. And a person can think like, you know, I worked so hard. I did so. I, I worked all the day and I brought things home and I'm so great and I'm so mighty. And you kind of like tends to forget that all the blessing is really coming from God. So you go outside and remind, remind yourself, you know, everything is about God. Um, also is to remind us about the time that the Jews was in the desert and God protect them. God protect us with uh, clouds and make sure that everybody was safe and, and, and the whole thing. So the sukkah himself is, the sukkot himself is a great, it's just a great mitzvah. You know, we have like, we have a lot of mitzvot in all area of our life, in all parts of body. We kind of like bring God in every way and everywhere. So we have a mitzvah in the mouth so we can study Torah. We have a mitzvah with the hand, we can give a tzedakah. We, can, we have a mitzvah with our leg to go to shul, to go to do good things. But every mitzvah is kind of like pertain to one parts of the body, one part of the life. The sukkah, in other hand, is like when you're in a sukkah, it's take the entire body, all of you. As soon as you come into the sukkahs, you're already doing a mitzvah. So either you're eating or you're just sitting with a friend drinking a coffee. It's really all of you doing the mitzvah. So it's, they have so many things about um, the month, the holiday of Sukkot. The holiday of Sukkot, they're really saying it's about unity and it's about happiness. Even the sukkah itself, they, it says like, you know, you have to have two and a half walls, two and a half walls. And it's in a way that it going um, almost like the, the arm of a person. It, it's explained in a Kabbalah that on Sukkot, God is giving us a hug. What's the difference between a hug to a kiss? You know, a kiss, it's you, you're, you're expressing that how much you love the other person, you're giving a kiss. But, a hug, but you still, the other person can walk away, can go away, don't have that much con connection. When you give a hug, you and also like a kiss, it's like front to front. You don't really see the back of the person. A hug, you go all around the back and then coming back a little bit into the front, and the person cannot go away anywhere. You're kind of like holding him. And this is showing us the love of God. So no matter what, no matter where we are, no matter what point we are, we, he loves us all the time, and he's here for us in, in any point of our life or in any situation in our life. And the same with the families, the same with parents or, you know, the love of the children is unconditional. No matter what level the kids are, no matter if they do things that we like or they don't like, a hug tells the child, I'm there for you. No matter what, I'm with you. I love you. It's unconditional. It's not because that you did something that I like, that you succeed in something. It's because who you are. And that's really what the Sukkot is telling us. The love for the Jewish people, the love between God, the connection between God and the Jewish people is unconditional. It's above everything. And then we can go to it in the rest of the questions. Um, we can go also for the four species that we talked about. And you show that beautiful estrog and the Lulav and the Hadassim and the Harava. 
it's all um i have so many yeah <laughs> i don't know how much time we have but there's so many things to say about it but if we're going to go in the same um in the same root of unity and love each one of them is represent a part of the Jewish people. There's like four parts. So we have the people that, the knowledge of people, the people that learn Torah, and really the focus in their life is to study Torah. They, and they do mitzvahs also. So they have ta'am v'reach, they have a taste and a smell. So they do the they study the Torah and also they're doing the mitzvahs. Then we have the lulav. The lulav come from the palm tree, so we have a taste, but it doesn't have a smell. So those represent people that study the Torah, but not necessarily going and doing a good deed. Then we have uh, Hadassim. The Hadassim is the myrtle. So they have a smell, but they don't have a taste. So they, they represent people, they're very kind people. They go and they do a lot of mitzvot. They do a lot of good deed, but they're not necessarily they study the Torah. Either they don't know or they don't study the Torah. And then we have the Arava. The willow is the people, the simple people, they don't know about the Torah, they don't learn the Torah, they don't even doing a good deed, just whatever they are. Come the month, come the holiday of Sukkot, and God said, I want to take all of them, all the Jewish people together, unity. And then that's, that's just when you have all of them together, then you can make the blessing. And it says that each one is atoned to each other. It's not like, oh, you got everybody together. When you get them each one together, each one complete the other the other part, the other group. So it's not just we all together, we also complete each other. So this is like um, a one, one point about those four species. So if, if also if we look at the, the blessing that we do, we have the four species, like we all think like, you know, we say, al netilat lulav. Shouldn't we make the bracha and the esrog? Didn't we just say that the esrog has a taste and a smell. Yes. Isn't the esrog is the most beautiful? But we, why don't we make the bracha on the esrog? Why we make it on the lulav? Good question. <laughs> very good question. And so we shake it and we tie everything to the lulav. So the answer is, is really, is the beetle. It's the nullify that everybody have to have to God, the connection to God. So the simple people, they know that they don't know. They know that they're not perfect, that they know that they, they still need to work on themselves and they, they have that beetle. But when we come to the knowledgeable people, we come to people that really study a lot. They study the Torah, they know the Torah, they're, they're, the intellectual is very developed and they also do a good deed. Those are the people that need a reminder to say, uh, 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 wait. You're very, very smart. You're very, very perfect. But you need to have the beetle to God. You need to have, we have to have that. That's why when we put everything on the lulav, you have to have a little bit like a little tefach above all the myrtle and the willow. And then we shake it. What's the tefach represent? The tefach represent the soul. So now when also the great people, the knowledge people, the people that are like doing everything, they also have a beetle. Now we have a common things between all four groups. We all have a beetle, we all together, and we all have the love and the unity of God. 
Right. So that's right. So we're nullifying all of us are nullifying ourselves to God because really without him, nothing happens. Absolutely. And I really like what you said, like the, the etrog people, the people who are smart and knowledgeable and who study Torah and who do the mitzvahs. You're right. Sometimes they could forget and they might think it's them. Oh, I'm so smart. I'm doing the mitzvahs. It's me, 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 you know, because they're on such a high level, you know, they shouldn't forget that it's really Hashem that's enabling them to be intelligent, to have that intelligence, that capacity to understand and study the Torah, and also the ability of body, of mind, to actually go out and do the mitzvot. So it's very, very, very important. And I, I just want to show um, my my lulav. This is my son's, actually. My son's lulav and his etrog are in a case, so it's a little bit hard. But when you shake it, you, you hold everything together, and you shake it, you know, in all directions. So for those of you who are watching the YouTube video, this is this is kind of what it looks like when you're shaking everything together. Um, so, so there are seven days of the actual Sukkot holiday, but on the eighth day, we celebrate a holiday called Shemini Atzeret. Actually, my son was born on Shemini Atzeret. And the fact that this is the eighth day is very, very significant because the number eight symbolizes that which is beyond nature, the supernatural. So can you please share with us what the holiday of Shemini Atzeret is all about and why the eighth day is literally supernatural so um always like we know that seven represent nature yes seven represent nature seven represent complete like if you want to say something complete is seven the seven days of the week eight always represent the, the supernatural there's something that above it and really the Shemini Atzeret is also like the eighth day. And the eighth day is the time that you take everything and you already have, you understand it and you're able to kind of like understand it and go above. So we have like, if we go to the whole month of, uh, whole month of Tishrei, and like you said in the beginning, that people not so much familiar with the the holiday of Sukkot. I mean, I think like today that they're very familiar because there's Sukkot everywhere, there's Chabad everywhere, there's Chabad houses everywhere. They're really like um, very, very much uh, familiar. But if you go a little bit for the behind, uh, behind like the explanation of like what's going on, it's really one long holiday. Okay. Starting from Rosh Hashanah all the way to the end of Sukkot. And actually the preparation is the month of Elul. Right. Which, which like the month of Elul, we're doing all the repentness. But in Rosh Hashanah is like, if we look at it, we say like Rosh Hashanah is Yom Adin. It's the day of the judgment. So everybody's busy. Everybody's praying. Everybody's like asking God for, for a good year. And then we have the days of Aseris and it's the days that God giving us a, like, like a second chance, like, like, it's like a metzia. You have like extra days to, to, to fix one more things, a little more. Right. And the days have, between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Right. Correct. And then you have the day of Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is very, very special day. This, the, the Yom Kippur really reveal the Yechida Shebenafesh. So we know that every Jew, every soul has five parts. Yes. Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, Chaya, and Yechida. 
So in every day we daven three davening. On Shabbat we daven four davening. On Yom Kippur we, da we daven fifth. It's the Tefillat Nila, which is against the the Yechida Sheba Nefesh. So wow. what is what is really all about on Yom Kippur? And right from Yom Kippur, we go straight to Sukkot. Like right away, we're going to the holiday of Sukkot. So let's look and see, like, how is that really one holiday? So we say the Rosh Hashanah is the Yom Adin. Then we have the in-between days. It's for us a chance also, like, to kind of, like, um, go and do, like, a little bit more tshuva, more repent. Yom Kippur is really revealing the Yechida Sheba Nefesh, and that we're going to the rejoice, to the happiness of Sukkot. And Yom Kippur, and Yom Kippur, it, this is the time that we got the second Duchas. The, the, the second um, Ten Commandments. Tabernacle, the, right, yeah. the second yeah. Tabernacle. The second Tabernacle is, and that's and everything like we said in the beginning, like it's everything, it's Hashgach Pratit, also like on Simchat Torah, like we have Shmini Atzeret Simchat Torah in the diaspora, it's two days, in Israel it's one day. We read in the Torah the Parashat Vezot Abracha, and at the last Passover, before Moshe Rabbeinu departs from the world, he's telling us that, that the Torah telling us that Moshe Rabbeinu, in front of all the Jewish people, broke the luchos. Yes. Right? So, and really on Yom Kippur, this is the time when God gave the second luchos. Then when God forgive us. And also Rashi explained to us that God agree with Moshe that he that he broke the Luchos. So we're talking about a Moshe that he gave the Torah. He's Isha Torah. He's the person of the Torah. Right. And he's the one that taking the Torah, that taking the tabernacle, mm -hmm. taking the Luchos, and not breaking it in a secret, in front of the Jewish people, and he goes and he breaks it. Right. Everyone. So I want to. I just want to clarify, just for, for for people who um might not know. So Moses came down with the with the with the tabernacle with the uh, Ten Commandments written in stone, and as the representative was saying, he broke it in front of everybody. So then that was the first giving of the Torah. Then he had to go back up and get the second Torah. So that's what she was mentioning that it was given again. The Torah was given again because Moshe broke the the Ten Commandments were written on stone, and he broke that first set of stone, so he had to go up and get a second set of stones. So I just want to clarify. Right. And the second one came on Yom Kippur. Yes. Right. So what really Moshe wants to teach us, what Moshe wanted to tell God, Moshe wanted to tell us that the connection between a Jew to God is above the Torah. It's the Yechida. Wow. That was like the, that was like the revelation that came after that no matter what, no matter what point a Jew is, no matter how many sin, no matter what situation is, the Yechida of the, of the Basheba Nefesh, that part, that level of the Neshama, of the soul, never can take any sin. The wow. connection between the Jew and God can never, we can never be separated. Never, never can be separated. That's so powerful, like especially this time of year, because, you know, we do so many mistakes. We do so many sins. We do so many things wrong. I mean, we're human. It's normal, you know, and we, sometimes we can think, oh, God doesn't want anything to do with me. I, I was so bad. 
But what you're saying, it's really, really not true that the connection between the Jews and God is unbreakable. It's completely solid. It can never be broken no matter right. what you do. Right. And that, that's why Moshe Rabbeinu, that he himself is like the men of the Torah, the giving of the Torah. He knows the value of the Torah. He saw God face to face. And then he see the Jewish people like, you know, doing the sin of the eagle. And, and right, it said Nesaolibo right away. It wasn't something that he had to think or whatever. Right away, he was like, broke he broke them because he knows and he's telling god the the connection between you and the bene israel is above is above the torah so now we now we're going to see the whole thing let's go again again we have rosh hashanah is yamadin so we're busy we can we can celebrate we can't do anything we're busy like asking for parnasa and and it's yamamish it's a mishpat okay it's a judgment then we have the few days the 10 days that we um, that, we, that we're doing a Sarasimetshuva between Yom Kippur. It's including Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is the day that, that revealed the Yechida Shebenefesh, the highest level of the soul that can never be that can never be disconnected from God. This is the day that God told told Moshe Salach Tikidvarecha, I I agree with you. And here is the second. He's giving like the second luchas to Moshe Rabbeinu. And right after that, and on Yom Kippur, this is the one that God forgive us. That God forgive us because we came to such a level of Yechida Sheba Nefesh. This is a place that you cannot have any sin. So the connection between us and God is, is with no, no, like you said, not breakable. It's right. complete. We are like tzaddikim. So right away we go to build the sukkah. Because we don't want to have any separation between that pureness of we are connecting to God in such a high level. So we go straight to to Sukkot, and now there is a time to take everything that we have, that we learn, that we got, all the Shefa, all the abundant stuff that God gave us on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Now we're bringing it into the Sukkot. So we have the Hoshana. This is the time that we bring all the shefa here to this world to us and revealing it and when we're happy this is the time that we come to, to simcha's torah and then we're dancing we're dancing with the torah we're dancing with the torah close why would the dancing with the torah close because no matter how much torah did you learn no matter no matter how many mitzvahs did you observe yes or not we it's the connection between that the God and the Jewish is doesn't matter how much how much you learn doesn't matter how much you do yes we are circling the bima we're dancing with the Torah when you have time when you have chance you're gonna go you're gonna dwell you're gonna learn it but the connection is there the connection is there and that's why we dance with our feet this is the lowest part of the body because no matter what, like we said before, no matter what situation you're at, no matter how far have you gone, that you think you're gone, because a Jew cannot go far from God anyway, because God go with him. Right. Because there you have the soul. But whatever in your mind that you think that like, oh, it's not for me, I never went to shul, I never observed anything, I never learned anything. No, you are very connected. You're part of God. And that's that's all the rejoice and that's all the happiness and the dancing and Simcha's Torah. 
I love that. I love that. And then um, just to clarify even more about Shemini Yatzer, I know it's eight, but just like, it's, I feel like it's almost caught in the middle. You know, you have the Sukkot and you're in the Sukkah and then you have the, the Simchat Torah. I feel like almost Shemini Yatzer gets almost overlooked and it's of of the three, of the Sukkot, Shemini Yatzer and uh, Simchat Torah, Shemini Yatzer I feel like is the least understood. So I just want to maybe just clarify a little bit more just like what exactly it symbolizes. Okay, so Shemini Yatzer, the word Yatzer is like to to stop. Like the, we have all the, the holiday that everybody celebrated with God and it's just like, you know, a king have all his sons come and they have such a good time and, and time to go. And he said, oh, please stay one more day, stay one more day. It's like a shalai predatchem. But really, like we said before, we cannot be separated from God. It's right. predatchem. God said to us that it's hard for me to see when the Jewish people are not united. Right. That would hard for me. So let's stay one more day and together. And from this one, we'll have the strength for the whole year to have that unity. And as you remember, unity doesn't mean that everybody is the same. Just like we say, we saw the four species, that each one is different. Unity is to get everybody together and have the whole things, everybody to be a beetle, each one a beetle by himself, notify himself, and to be together with a friend, to get together with other Jews together. So really the Shmini Atzeret is that God wants us to be together, and from this day we take the strength to do it for the rest of the year. I like that. Like Shemini Atzeret, it's such a, the way that you explained it, it's such an important, such a, an elevated holiday, because from this day, from the day of Shemini Atzeret, Hashem wants to stay with us one more day to give us the strength, to give us the kawak for the rest of the year, not just for the rest of the holiday, but for the rest of the year that the Jewish people should be together. And even more so that he's always with us. And that that's unbreak. That connection is unbreakable. So that's amazing. Thank you. Um, so one more question. So the night after Shemini Yatzeret, as we were discussing, the night after Shemini Yatzeret is another holiday called Simchat Torah. Um, so the Jewish holidays start at night. So that's why I say at night. So as the name suggests, Simchat Torah is a very, very happy holiday. As we mentioned earlier, there's dancing and the word Simcha literally means happiness. So in Simchat Torah, we rejoice because we have completed the annual cycle of Torah reading. So for those who are not familiar, every week in Shul, we read a, a, one portion of the Torah. It's called the Parsha. We read one Parsha every week. On certain weeks of the year, we read two Parshas, but most of the time it's only one Parsha. So can you please tell us a little bit more about Simchat Torah and also explain why the reading of the Torah isn't completed by Rosh Hashanah because technically Rosh Hashanah is the new year. So you would think, you know, if you were planning it out logically, that the Torah should be, that the Torah reading should be done in Rosh Hashanah and then we should start again from that point. But we don't. We start reading the Torah again on Simchat Torah. So if you don't mind explaining that, that would be great. Thank you. I think like we got it before, we talked about like the completing of the Torah is in Simchat Torah. Yes. And the whole happiness is... You know, the dancing, the dancing with the Torah when it's closed. Yes. We say like Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, it's very, very busy days. Each one is really busy. They're busy like asking for repenting and, and asking for themselves for a good year. It's a day of awe. Um, it's, so it's really like Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and then coming into the Simcha Torah, which is the peak. Now you, ha now you take everything and then you dance. 
and you dance with the Torah clothes. So just also again to represent to say that no matter what level you are, we all connecting to God. We all connecting to the Torah. The Torah is for everyone. You learn it. You learn it on your time. You'll make an effort later. But now you're dancing. You're dancing with the Torah. You're happy. It's a complete joy. Like you said, like even now you're talking about like just talking about it to say that we are so connected to God. No matter what we did and what we're doing, we always want to strive to do better and to make our relationship better. But the fact that we know the Anishama, the essence, the highest part of Anishama, the Yechid Shabanefesh of each one of all the Jewish together is connected to get to connected to God and it's unbreakable. This is like a great, great simcha and a great uh, joy. And of course, the Torah, the Torah comes from a very, very high level. You know, it comes all from the joy of God. Yes. But the Jewish people is above it. It's even more above it. Wow. And on Simcha Torah, we all join together. That's beautiful. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much for explaining those holidays to us. And thank you so much, Rebbits and Hani, for joining us on America's Top Rebbits. It was really such a pleasure to have you. It was so much fun learning about these holidays. So thank you. And I also want to reiterate that this class was for Le'ilu Nishmat, for Shalom Dov Berben, Rabbi Shmuel Fogelman, and also Le'ilu Nishmat, Hatamin Rav Yaakov Zifron Olivracha, Ben Rav Achron Pinhas, Shehi Zilberman. Thank you so, so much. Thank you very, very much, and have a good Yantav and a happy Yantav and a good year. Thank you. I'm many. You too. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.